Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I've got Rachel Maine. Super excited. I met Rachel a few weeks ago in Austin, Texas in a, let's see, sex coach facilitator coaching program. I think it was even called all those words. And she's amazing. <laughs> what I love about Rachel is she used to be a therapist, a licensed therapist, maybe still is, but through going through the same sex coaching program that I am in right now, she's turned from a therapist into a coach where I'm sure she can explain. She gets to do a lot more stuff, which is awesome. Today's focus of our conversation is going to be about pleasure. We talked a little bit off screen about male pleasure and how I think there's a bit of confusion for women around all the erogenous zones that men have. So we're going to dip into that. We're going to talk about female pleasure. We're going to talk about the coaching program that Rachel and her husband just started where they're coaching um, coaching people in partnership, in relationship, in sexual relationship, um, how to be better lovers and better partners. Mm -hmm. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Please tell us a little bit more about you. Yay. Thank you again so much, Jennifer, for having me. I'm so happy that the universe allowed our paths to cross and then I get to know you better. Love, love, love the work that you're doing. Very similar to me, but also very, very different and unique in so many ways. So uh, just, yeah, this, this world of sex coaching, like it is just such a beautiful thing. And you're right. I was in uh, sex therapy for quite some time. I did three years in private practice and really my whole sex world got started. I joined a company called Pure Romance uh, eight years ago. And when I started doing parties for women and realizing like how many questions I had around sex and sexuality, uh, that's when I decided to go back to school to get that certificate in sex therapy and sex education. But for me, the therapy world, it just felt like a little bit buttoned up. Like I like to use the word fuck very frequently. I hope that's okay to say on here. I'm assuming Absolutely, please. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's frowned upon when you are a therapist. And I also, as a coach, like I'm very vocal about my personal pleasure, my, my marriage, our pleasure, our sex life. And again, as a therapist, that is also frowned upon. I can't be in a therapy session sharing, you know, the amazing mind blowing sex that I had the night before, uh, in coaching, you certainly can, because when you, when you share your own experiences, you are inspiring through those shared experiences. Um, and you know, part of this work, like we get to be the mentors, we get to be the ones leading the way because we're doing the work ourselves. And so it just felt weird to have to like, keep that part of me buttoned up. And and uh, so, yeah, I've, I've had my podcast now for three years, Owning Your Sexual Self. I transitioned from therapy to coaching about, uh, let's see, it's been two, two years now. Time flies, man. Uh, so yeah, two years now. And so running programs all throughout the year, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, couples coaching, uh, programs, masterclasses, all, all the things. <laughs> so glad you're on and so glad you're so normal. Like I always <laughs> ask my podcast co-participants, whatever you're called. Um, I always ask them to like, tell us about the normal things about you, right? Like, are you a soccer mom? Do you have kids? Are you a dog mom? Are you married? Because I think sometimes when people listen to a podcast, they're like, oh, they're so different than me. Like they're mm -hmm. so much higher than me, or they're so much uh, different. There's no way that I could ever be like that. And then you start to realize like, we're just totally normal people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'm so, I know in your intro form, you're like, tell me what you like to do for fun. I'm like, I like to kickbox. I like to take naps in 2023. I'm trying to read physical books more <laughs> like, you know, us in the sex coach, like, yeah, we might have a, a more um, erotic sex life than the people, clients that are coming to us. And we also might not. I mean, I'm sure you can say that, like, how much have you learned from your clients that have came into your space? But uh, yeah, for the most part, we're just, just normal people. We're just the ones mm. that have chosen to do the work and lead the way. Mm. Same. I had a very <laughs> uh, normal moment right before coming on here. I I got a ding on Facebook. I had a notification from my partner's mother. I call her my mother-in-law. Um, and she, the post was about open relationships mm-hmm. and how much growth <laughs> it provides and how great it is. And she was like, I do not agree. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. Does she know you? <laughs> I mean- she does now. I mean, I've, I'm always really open about being yeah. open. We have a podcast or I have a podcast. It's about being open. Um, and I don't know if she just has been reading over things and just like not integrating it. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh fuck, what is happening? Wow. Who is my son with? Uh, so that was like a, that was a for real moment for me. I was like, yeah. I need to hide more of my posts from her maybe. Um, or maybe not, maybe just let her feel the things. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I love her. It's, it's, it's sometimes that harsh reminder to ourselves as coaches too. It's like, we almost have to filter in a way who's seen our content because I, I, and Alexa talks about this too. It's like that day you make that transition, like, boom, now I'm a sex coach or now I'm a sex therapist. Right. Um, it's like, people are like, Whoa, what? Like, who, who are you? What are you doing? Do you watch people? You know, people make all of their assumptions and collections of what they think it is that you're doing, but yeah. Yeah. For the last few podcasts, I have had a, a, a butt plug, this one <laughs> right over there. And I had a few client calls for Walmart and Amazon. I was like, I should probably put that away. And then I was on a call with my uh, trainer and he's like, I see your vagina, Jen. <laughs> it was just hanging out over here. Cause sometimes I do sex ed things and need to have a vagina. Like it's yeah. fucking normal to have a volo pillow in your office. Like freaking love it. So today we're talking about pleasure and we've already kind of started. We've talked about, we have our own sex lives. Sometimes, uh, coaches have a little spicier sex lives and we have, you know, anal plugs on our desk (laughs) and we talk about it. Um, and sometimes, sometimes not. And sometimes it's really spicy and sometimes it's really normal and maybe not spicy, but today Mm -hmm. I'd love to dig in more into pleasure. So can I kind of set up the way that you and I talked before we started with why this was on my heart today? Yeah. So I'm having a conversation on Instagram from someone who's um, really open sexually, a guy, and he was telling me, well, let me first say he sent me this visual picture. Sometimes he'll see things on Instagram that are sexy or interesting, and he wants to talk about it. And so he'll send me a a picture or a video. And this one was a woman eating a man's ass. And he was in, like his booty was up in the air. And he was, you know, like the way you'd see a woman, see it done on a woman. Mm -hmm. It was for a man. And uh, he didn't say anything. And I was like, ooh, yum. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I hope that you'd have that reaction. Like, tell me more. And I was like, well, you tell me more. What does this make you think? And he was like, I feel like that society in general looks negatively towards men that want to have any kind of anal stimulation. And he was like, I'm usually the one doing something, you know, 
to a woman that is edgy, super edgy. And he was like, as a man, I don't really get to have that feeling, that edgy feeling. He was like, typically women go straight from my penis. That's it. That's the erogenous zone that a man has. And he said, I wish that women would realize that there's so many erogenous zones on men. And he said, sometimes I feel like women have 10,000 ways of having being pleasured where men might have two or five. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of this is societal in the way that we're programmed. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to kick off the call with this kind of a question since you are not only a sex coach, but also a sex toys master. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, you've <laughs> had so much sex in your life. Can you talk to us a little bit about maybe like in general, the current state of the union with men's sexuality and pleasure and like, where are we going and where should we try to go to? Like, what should we be mindful of as consciously we're trying to raise awareness towards men's pleasure? And Mm -hmm. we can dig into women's after that if you want. Yeah. And so now hearing you say that, like sharing the story, so much is coming up for me now that I have time to like sit on it. But first and foremost, I want to point out that there's a very, there's like a very small percentage of men in the world currently that are even going to look outside the box when it comes to their pleasure, right? When you're saying like this man that you're talking to in your, in your DMs, most men think, okay, pleasure penis, like penis is a simulation. This is where I come from. <laughs> that sounded funny this is where I come from uh this is in so really many ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know they just think that right and it's just it's so it's so wrong on so many ways because when you were saying this you know it sounded like there was this unfair advantage where women have more opportunity for pleasure versus men and I really feel that it is equal but it's going to take you you know pleasure is our birthright we are the only ones that are responsible for our pleasure so Mm -hmm. whether you're a man or you're a woman and you're in this sexual relationship or this encounter with somebody it's our responsibility to share with that other person or persons what it is that we're wanting what it is that they're desiring right yeah. And it's like, so for this man, particularly, let's say how, how much self-exploration has he done himself? Cause I'm an advocate. I really think that's where this is going to have to start with. Right. How, how am I supposed to know if I like nipple stimulation or, you know, vaginal penetration or my neck kissed or touched or, stroked or you know, all these different things, if I'm not trying it on myself. Uh, and I think that goes, that is across the board, no matter what gender you identify with, we have to start figuring out our own pleasure for ourselves. Can we bookmark right there? Just pause. Cause I yes. have so much I want to say about this. Yeah. I feel like, cause as a mom, I go to, my kids are young teenagers. So they're probably exploring their bodies. Right. And I feel like as men, as boys, they, they, they allow themselves to touch themselves. Like they allow themselves to explore. They're not asking permission and they're not being told at 11, it's gross. It's bad. It's weird. They're probably not even having a conversation with their own mother Mm -hmm. or father. They're just like, Ooh, this feels interesting. Like what's going on? Why is my dick getting hard? Like, right. They're kind of figuring it out. And I feel like as girls, as women, it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. right? Like we're told from the get from the jump, girls have to wear panties or you're slutty, right? Mm -hmm. You got to put the nickel between your legs when you sit or whatever. So you don't flash anybody. You always have to wear shorts underneath your skirts and dresses. We wouldn't want anyone to see what you have and certainly don't touch yourself. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's like the most giantest sin out there. Right. And so 
I'd let, again, I, I want to hear your perspective, but I just feel like we're not given an opportunity until maybe we're more conscious as adults that, that you just, what you said, that we are in charge of our own pleasure. And we got to fucking figure out how to give ourselves an orgasm mm -hmm. before we go and expect someone else to, or to even know your own erogenous zones and that you mm -hmm. have them. Yeah, absolutely. And to, you know, going back to childhood and thinking back, you know, when you first had your experience with self-pleasure for, for men or male genitalia, right? It's so like when a man or a boy essentially gets an erection, it's so apparent, right? It's like this object that was just soft is now hard and it's sticking out. And it's like, what the hell do I do with this? So as a little boy, I'm like, I'm going to touch it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to move it around a little bit. And like, oh, now I'm doing this and it's feeling good. I'm going to keep doing this. And now this white stuff is coming out. Like what the hell, you know, but for a girl that is then like feeling turned on or feeling horniest essentially at a young age, it's like, what do we even do? You know, for a lot of girls and women that I've talked to, it's like their first experience with masturbation is they were going to the bathroom and they wiped a little bit with more pressure than normal. And they're like, oh, that actually feels good. Or um, you know, taking a bath and the water running down and, and hitting over your vulva area, right? Like that felt good. So they realized like pressure in this area feels good, but it's not so out there like a penis getting hard, right? So we have that, it's like that more internal, uh, internalness, I guess, for us. Uh, and then the other thing. So if we're thinking about just sex education in general, parents are typically not having conversations with their kids about sex. If they are, it's about not to have sex, right? Don't get, don't get pregnant. Maybe wait until marriage before sex. Don't pleasure yourself. That's dirty. That's gross. Uh, it's a sin even. So really nowhere, very rarely are kids, adults, even having like these pleasure, positive and pleasure centered conversations around their sexuality. It's always, it's always like this shame thing in this like, oh, be careful sort of thing, you know? So may I ask, I'm big on scripts. Like mm -hmm. I did a podcast on the STI conversations that you need to have with your partners. And I believed in it, like the nurse and I on, on the podcast, we created scripts to be able to be like, okay, this is what I say when I tell my person I have something or I caught mm -hmm. something or, you know, whatever to normalize. I feel like it'd be, it'd be really cool for us to kind of have a dialogue together where, mm -hmm. you know, you're telling your son and then you're telling your daughter about masturbation, about their body, because I have boys and I feel like I've, I've said as much as I can, given that there's a lot of men in my life that also help parent mm -hmm. these kids. And so I'm trying to let them lead the conversation. And I think they've done a fairly good job. I've had friends, um, I have friends now that have just daughters and they're about the same age as my boys. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck to say to these kids. Mm -hmm. So could you give us some conversation? How do we mm -hmm. have this conversation with our kids? Yeah. And there's one person in particular that's coming up for me that I definitely want to share as a resource. Uh, she was actually one of my instructors through University of Michigan. Her name is Logan Levkoff. She's a very well-known sex educator. She is definitely more of the bolder against the script rebel type of feel, uh, which is definitely my vibe, but she is, she's educated specifically to parents on how to talk to their kids about sex. And I had her as a guest on my podcast so well, as well in I think 2021, but 
what I, what I gather from her and what I want to share here is just having those small conversations. I think sometimes we get this idea that it has to be this, okay, little Tommy, come sit down. We're, you know, we're at dinner. I'm coming into your bedroom. I want you to sit down. We're going to talk about this thing. I'm going to ask you these questions. It doesn't have to be that. It can just be these little short questions. If you're, if you're driving in the car, you know, what, what have you, what have you noticed about the girls at school or the boys at school? What have you noticed any changes in your body lately? Um, have, do you have any questions about sex, you know, depending on the age or, or conversations that you already are hearing them have, but this is what I think the most, and I'm, I'm not a parent. I, we don't plan to be parents, but what I want people to hear the most is that if you're not the ones that are going to share the information with them, it's going to be somebody else. And so no matter how awkward or stressful it might be for you to have that conversation, I think it's so important that for children, they know that their parent is a resource, their parent is somebody that they can go to, that they're not going to be judged and that they're going to be able to get accurate answers to their questions, you know? So just again, not making it so overwhelming, just having those little bite-sized conversations and those quick little questions and, and see where they, they take it, you know, so maybe they're, maybe they're not, they have no idea even what you're talking about yet. And that's like, okay, maybe we'll revisit this a few months from now. Um, but again, I, I know parents, parents are nosy, right? They're, they're listening to their kids' conversations. They're hearing how they're talking to their friends. Um, so if, you know, if you hear somebody say, you know, oh, like you're such an asshole or don't be gay or something like that, right? Like asking your child, what does that mean? Like, what does gay mean to you? What does this mean to you? Or what have you learned about X, Y, Z, the things that you're already hearing them talk about? Mm. And that's good for, I think, sex ed, but what about pleasure, the pleasure conversation, especially Mm. for girls? What would you say? Yeah, I think asking them first where, where they, where they are currently on their pleasure and asking them, like, have you, have you noticed when you are in the bathroom or when you're taking a shower or bath or anything like that, have you noticed any differences in your body? Have you noticed that any, anywhere on your body that might be, might feel good uh, to touch or have pressure or stimulation to stimulation might be a little bit too big of a word depending on age, but again starting there and I think that if you can get yourself like a nice little vulva pillow like we have you know being able to do some sex ed because they are they're going to get that that anatomy in in school but again to be able to give them this pleasure pleasure focused education and anatomy and teaching them about you know that you have this part on your body it's known as the clitoris and it's the only purpose of it on your body is actually for pleasure um even teaching them how the vulva and the penis are actually this, the same things, but when we are born, right, like one comes out and they look differently than the other, but in general, all the parts are, are typically the same. And so having, having those and just asking the, them if they have questions and giving them the opportunity to be able to ask, and sure, you're probably gonna have your kids be like, mom or dad, like, that's so gross. I don't want to talk about that. But I think we're the adults, right? We're like, we're the ones that are responsible to just say like, no, it's not gross. This is a, this is a n- totally normal way of life. And I just want you to know that if, if the time comes and you have questions about this, or you're interested in learning more about this, like come to me, the door is open. I love that. <clears throat> I also remember my parents having conversations with my sisters about masturbation and about like buying their first wands and that, like you said, a pleasure is your birthright and you get to explore your body and it's safe. Um, you might want to shut the door when you do it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or take this into the shower with you. Um, 
but you were not only allowed, but encouraged to explore your body. Um, and mm-hmm. I remember as they got older and they had boyfriends, you know, my, my stepmom was really good about doing this kind of education with my sisters and would say, you know, you can't expect your boyfriends or you can't expect your partners to give you pleasure if you don't know your own body. So, mm-hmm. so go explore, which is really mm-hmm. beautiful. I'm curious what you feel about, if we're talking about the same age group, um, I'm curious what you feel about how open you are about your sex life or like, do the kids know that their parents are having sex? Like how much Mm -hmm. is healthy to uncover or to share um, and how much is like damaging, right? Like what's the Mm -hmm. right amount of, so when they're an adult, they can be like, of course my parents were fucking like, of course they mm-hmm. loved each other and they were touching each other. I remember them kissing in the kitchen and mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. And I, I think that it's one of the most important things for kids to see their parents being intimate with each other mm-hmm. and, you know, in, 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 in that appropriate way, I'm not saying go and start having sex or even making out in front of your kids, but if your kids see you holding hands or kissing or hugging, I think that gives you the, the stage to be able to say, okay, like you're going to bed or you're watching this movie, mom and dad are going to go and have their private time or, and give, give it whatever word feels good to you. Mom and dad are going to connect. Mom and dad are going to be intimate. Right. And I think as kids get to that certain age and they start knowing and understanding what sex is, they're going to catch on to what's happening, right? It's not like this thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be vocalized. It's kind of like this thing that's known, but it's not maybe talked about openly. Um, but again, if you are that sex positive parent and they have the questions, maybe maybe they're going to come to you and be like, so mom, dad, what possession, what position were you guys just uh, experiencing tonight? You know, <laughs> but- um, Let me get my I, sex puppet and show you. No, I'm just kidding. That yeah. feels pretty traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I know as an adult, because, uh, so let me back up and say, this question was asked in my sex coaching school and I was the only one that was able to say, I remember healthy sex ed conversations. Mm-hmm. I remember my stepmother sitting down with my sisters and talking about vibrators and helping them by their first one. I remember my parents sitting down with my sisters and their boyfriends and having conversations about sex and being safe. And not only that, but the emotional aspect of what having sex with someone else means and how it binds you together and how you're responsible for their Mm -hmm. emotions. It was a really like amazing experience. So now as an adult, I can say, I remember my parents being very affectionate and having intimate moments that we knew about. We didn't talk about, right. But Mm -hmm. my little sisters would put their fingers like underneath the door and be like, what are y'all doing there? (laughs) (laughs) To be super embarrassing, but that makes me feel good. And it gives me permission as an adult to have a sex life in my forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. And then I hope that it gives my kids permission. And I hope that it Mm -hmm. helps them look for partners that do want to be physical with them, that do show mm-hmm. affection, that, um, you know, maybe are sensual and that will touch them. Like, I want that for my kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to then, you know, sex toys and when is it appropriate to give a kid or some somebody a sex toy? I'll never forget very early on in my business, a woman came into my shopping room and she got a masturbation sleeve and she's like, I'm purchasing this for my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, great. And then later, you know, son was, of in his teens, not yet 18, but mom's purchasing. So I can't really say anything about who she's going to gift it to, but she's like, yeah, I'm so sick of doing laundry and all the laundry is crusted. Like all his socks are crusted. All the towels are crusted. Like he's using my nice bathroom towels, you know? And so she was so frustrated. And, And that was like the first time that I was like, 
wow, like that is fucking awesome. Like this mom purchasing this thing for their son. Right. And so I remember asking her and she's like, I just gave it to him and said like, Hey, instead of the towels, try this. (laughs) And it was like, as simple as that, she made sure to get him the right lube and said like, this is what you're going to use with it. This is how you clean it. And, and that was that. And I was like, man, that if I were that boy, I would wish that my mom would be like that, you know? And pro tip on the mom side, have your kids do their own fucking laundry, especially when they're coming (laughs) on your sheets. Like you don't need to touch that. Make them be responsible for that. (laughs) Yes. So many life lessons there. (laughs) Okay. So let's lead ourselves back into pleasure and our bodies Mm -hmm. and experiencing pleasure. And not only that, telling our partners about it. I'll hand that back Mm -hmm. over to you. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the self-exploration piece of this, uh, you know, having that conversation again around how important it is for us to do our own self-exploration before we can assume that our partners or the people that we're with are going to understand and know what, what it is that's going to provide us pleasure. And that was something I want to mention earlier when you were speaking, when we're, when women particularly, right, I hear this a lot in conversation, women go and they're having sex with a man and they're like, oh my God, he doesn't, doesn't know this. Like we shame men a lot for not knowing a woman's pleasure, not knowing where the clitoris is, not knowing what a clitoris is, but it, again, it, none, no one, not just be like, we have so much conversation around how women are not getting sexual health information. Men are not getting their sexual health information too. And again, if, if you're someone that's educating your girl, your boy about sex education or genitalia, you're likely not having that conversation about the other person's genitalia. And like how, here's how you're going to pleasure this person. Right. Mm. So I think a lot of people then are getting their information through porn, not think, I know that, I know that's where a lot of sex education comes. And then you have this unrealistic expectation of what sex is supposed to look like. Like it's just so fucked up when you think, you know, you peel back all the layers to this. And so if everybody could just take ownership of their own pleasure, figure out what it is that's going to make them orgasm, explore a little bit. It's not just P and V, right? We originally were going to just have this conversation around foreplay, Mm. but there's so much in between, you know, just penetration. There's so much more that pleasure includes. And, you know, when you think of erogenous zones, skin is one of the top erogenous zones. Your whole body is covered in skin. So essentially your whole body can be considered an erogenous zone again no matter what gender you are and so when you are exploring with different feathers and ticklers and dusters and all these different objects or fingernails or fingertips or you know all these things tongues every every surface every inch is going to feel different every tool that you're using is going to give a different sensation to the body and so figuring out for you what you like and then asking your partners what it is that they like or how you can show up best and provide the best pleasure for them Hmm. I have Mm -hmm. so much to say about this the first one is I think that sometimes even grown men don't know they don't know what feels good I know I've had partners tell me that I I don't know I've never had a woman stop and explore you know Mm -hmm. so I think part of this conversation is fit, trying to figure out like the conscious awareness of your partner and how aware are they of their own body and what brings them pleasure. And if they're at a zero and they fucking have no idea, then that's where I love what Rachel just said, like bring out some sensual toys and play. Um, I follow Jaya and Ian from the erotic blueprint. Mm -hmm. They're one of our favorite people. We talk about this often. Um, I have every one of our partners 
that we, you know, play with, fill out the blueprint quiz so that we can understand, are you more into kink? Are you more into sexual? Mm -hmm. Are you more into energy? Are you more into whatever, right? Um, And so one of the exercises that I love that they do is have your partner put on a a mask so that you can at least take the visual out of it. And that kind of turns the brain off um, and the overthinking off and then get some things around the house or get some sex toys that you already have and just start to play. I mean, I love something as easy as a fork. And just running the fork over their body. Um, they have uh, within their own course, and I don't know if it's available or, or online or not, but kind of body mapping is an exercise mm-hmm. where you can even take a piece of paper and draw a stick figure and say, okay, my partner really is stimulated and acts excited when I run the fork along their neck and down their chest or the shoulders. But then when I do it on the outer thigh, there's really nothing right? Mm-hmm. And so I think yeah. just bringing into awareness for people that are almost almost numb from here down. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the numbness isn't that you're physically numb. It's that you got so much going on up here and you're so worried about so many things or your own sexuality, or am I broken that you mm-hmm. can't just open and feel. So sensual play night is one of my favorite things to do with my primary partner and our partners, um, to get to learn their body a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. what do you have to add to that? Yes. I, I just have to say, I fully agree with that. That is one of our favorite things to do as well. And my husband always, he always kind of like nudges me when I mentioned that, like pull out the blindfold. Cause he's like, babe, not everybody is going to be comfortable with just throwing a blindfold on right away. Like that in itself takes a huge yeah. level of trust. I'm like, yeah, good point, but they should just do it anyways, <laughs> because yeah, I'm, I'm team that like shut off the brain, like get into your body easier. So I think that, you know, doing, doing everything that you just said, like having that sex, sensual play night, I think that's wonderful. Another tool that I want to mention is doing something called a want, what won't list, which it basically is this, I know you've done it one before too, Jennifer, but it's like this whole list of all these different sexual acts. It's going to start really mild and it gets spicier as you go through the list. And then you have, you're going to fill this out as both a giver and a receiver. And so for each of these things, it's going to, you're going to have your kissing section. So kissing on the face, on the belly, on the arm, on the leg, on the genitals, like all these body parts listed out. Do you want to receive that? Will you receive that? Or won't you receive that? And so for all your partners that you're essentially playing with, if everyone were to fill that out by the end of that, you literally have this manifest, this, this manifest to their pleasure, everything that they want, their top priority things that they want in a relationship. You can then look at your own wants and think, okay, so we both want this. We both want this. We both want this. Like you just created the most epic sex night of your entire lives where both of your pleasures and desires are getting met. So that's one of my most favorite, favorite tools for couples to be able to go through. It's one of our favorite favorite things to do. Um, and I definitely recommend doing it every, every six months or so, or if you're someone that is an open relationship doing it or having new partners do it as they're coming into your space. I love that. Um, and then as you identify the things that you really like, one thing that we've done with the couple that we're dating is we created this Excel file and each person has a tab and it's all shared. It's in Google drive and you get to put on there the things that you want to experience. So maybe with your won't, will, want list, you could put on there, you know, I realized I would really like to have my inner thighs licked or mm-hmm. my eyebrows licked, whatever, like whatever the thing <laughs> is that comes out of it. Like, or I really want to try a four-way. I really mm-hmm. want to have sex 
outside in the backyard and have to be really quiet. And like, that sounds really fun. So you put it on there and then you can cross them off as you try them, which is really Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to add to this piece of the conversation is we're talking about identifying pleasure and how to identify your own pleasure or your partner's pleasure is I think both men and women, I want to say, especially women, but I I hear it from the men or I don't hear it from the men is Mm -hmm. verbal communication while you're being intimate together. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge proponent of using your mouth, whether you're moaning, sighing, speaking a little to the left, faster, harder, Mm -hmm. fucking don't stop. Use Mm -hmm. your words. There is nothing harder than having sex with someone and trying your fucking hardest to get them to orgasm. And they're keeping everything up here. And they're like, God, in their mind, they're like, geez, I really wish that they'd go a little to the left. Or I really wish that they'd pull up a little Mm -hmm. harder. I really wish that they'd like, you know, pull out and then pull in really slow. You can't expect your partners to be a mind reader either. Please Mm -hmm. use your words or your moans or your sighs or something. I don't know, blink twice if it's really good. Like (laughs) make sure that you're communicating. Yeah. And it also makes it more fun for both people when both people are involved, right? Like if you're having sex with somebody and they're just dead silent, like, I don't even know if what I'm doing is working. Now they're getting caught up in, in their head. Like, am I actually providing pleasure to this person? And you also don't want to be the person that every five seconds, like, is this good? Is this good? Do you like that? How's that? You know, you don't want to be constantly checking in. So that's where the conversation of attunement comes in. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's so, it's so diverse. Our world. That feels like a whole nother podcast. I know. Tuning to your lover for amazing mind blowing. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. All right. So what else do you want to talk about the subject? We've talked Mostly generically, do you have anything specific to men or specific to women? Hmm. Well, back to our conversation around men's pleasure. Um, even okay, so if we're thinking just around genital stimulation, we think generally, okay, I'm gonna do a hand job, it's gonna look like this and only this, <laughs> or I'm gonna do a blow job and it's gonna look like this and only this, right? Like there are so many other ways, there's so many other techniques that we can use and start to adapt to giving a hand job or giving a blow job. You know, they and the difference between the two, your fingers, your hands can do so many more things than just your mouth could not, not canceling the mouth, like mouth stimulation, great, big fan, but the dexterity of our fingers, the different techniques and strokes and the fact that you have two hands, like you can do so much more now combined all of that together when you're giving oral stimulation, right? Like mind fuck, but it's, you know, just like really thinking outside the box and I have a masterclass on this that I did with a, um, a sex coach that works primarily with men. And she showed us exactly all the techniques to giving a tantric penis massage. And she showed us like, I just remember like her doing her hands like this. And she's like, this is called this thing. And like, I'm like, what? I was like, and I had been the girl, hello, sex coach for the last eight years. Like I've been, I've been the girl, like, all right, this is the hand job, right? Up and down, up and down. Like I, I know what I'm doing. I it gets them to completion and you never had any complaints. And then I remember after, you know, doing this mind masterclass with her, I'm also doing the masterclass, but over here, like frantically taking notes and I go downstairs and I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm giving you a hand job tonight. Like get ready. Like, please undress, lay down, assume the position. And he's like, okay. And, uh, it's just, it, you know, when you can explore it with different things like this, cause I think some people are listening, like I haven't given a hand job since fucking middle school. Right. But it's so fun. 
Mm -hmm. Same thing. We had a conversation around dry humping, like these different things that you can bring into your relationship, these things that are just like almost got canceled. And I don't understand why, because they could be so sexy and they work for a reason. Um, But yeah, so exploring, if you've been masturbating, if you've been giving yourself pleasure for the same way for a really long time, I urge you to try something different. If you think Mm -hmm. about female stimulation, right? Like if you're right-handed, try it with your left hand, try standing up, try it on your back, try it on your stomach, try it in the shower, try a different lube, try a new cream, um, new toy, for instance, right? There's so many different ways that we can bring our body to achieve orgasm. And for men and women, again, like different areas of the body that we can achieve orgasm. It's not necessarily always just genitals. And you mentioned erotic blueprint, like we know from learning more and more about their energetic blueprint that sometimes stimulation and touch isn't even necessary to be able to achieve an orgasm. So that's, again, such a wide world of for sex and pleasure for us to experience. And I just, I love when people come to me with it, they're like at that sexual awakening phase. And like, I want to learn all the things I don't like, just something just washed over me one day. And I was like, I, I need you. I need this sex person in my life to teach me all those things. And it's just such a fun journey to take. And it feels so good when you finally find a coach that can lead you in that way. Like, I know, I feel like I've been in this space for a hot minute and I've been an adult for almost 40, like I've been alive for almost 40 (laughs) years, not I've been an adult for 40 years, but, um, I'm just now peeling back the onion enough to find people like you that I can Mm -hmm. hire you and say, teach me how to give a better blow job or a better hand job, or like where else on the body should I be touching and show me how I need Mm -hmm. like you to show me for real. Um, that feels really yummy, which I think leads us to like, you're amazing. Thank you for all this wisdom that you've given us today. (laughs) And like the people that are listening, they're like, fuck yes. I want Rachel. I want more of her. How, like, it sounds like you have master classes. You have the class that you and your husband are launching like in a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you'll do that class again. Um, you probably have one-on-one coaching. What are different ways that people at the podcast, what are different ways that people can connect (laughs) with you? There's a lot. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So everything is basically available at rachelmain.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-M-A-I-N-E.com. And if you go to the work with me tab, you're going to see all of the programs that I have. So you have things that are doing at your own pace. So those are going to be recorded things, things that you can kind of do on your own at your own leisure. Um, I then have my live programs that I'm running. And then I also do some in-person events so that anybody that's local to Detroit, Michigan area, and you want to do in-person things, that's where I'm located. Uh, And then on the resources tab is going to be all of the freebies and things that I mentioned. So the want what won't list is available to download on there. You can find the podcast information there. Um, I have a self-pleasure guided meditation and a self-pleasure handout basically for you. So it breaks you down exactly where to touch, when to touch the stimulation, all that good stuff. Uh, foreplay guy. I mean, just, yeah, so many things. Uh, so thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation and uh, yeah, I'm excited to get to learn about you more and the work that you do. It's like I said, it's a very uh, unique set of people that you work with. Uh, and I know if that day ever comes for us that we decide to open up, uh, you will be one of the first people I reach out to. <laughs> How exciting. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.